Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, your host. So while I've been on the road, I asked you guys to share with me what I needed to get caught up on, re-pop culture. And I know so many of you were like, we got to talk about T-Switch at the Grammys, what's going on with the Royals, you know, among other things. So I enlisted the help of a fellow content creator and person who has lots of hot takes on Instagram and TikTok, whose takes I generally agree with. And uh, it's hard to, it, it's not easy out here to find people who you generally understand their vibe and can anticipate their response and feel like seen by their take. And Lex Nico is somebody who I feel like is able to provide a fairly neutral, uh, but also fan forward response to a myriad of situations in the pop culture verse. And I always really feel like I'm interested in what she has to say. And I've been meaning to have her on the pod for forever. You know, I love a work influencer. She's like a full-time corporate gal in tech who does pop culture commentary on the side, who's just as passionate as I am about this stuff. And it was so fun to have her on. So I'm here in Dallas. It's Wednesday when I'm recording this. Um, we've done nine out of 12 stops for the old One in a Millennial book tour. For those of you that have bought it or come to a show or engaged with the book, listen to the audiobook. Like You have no idea how much it means to me. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm having so much fun seeing you guys. I thought I was going to be on the verge of a nervous breakdown by now, but I'm genuinely just really enjoying seeing you and talking to you on stage, even if I wish I could spend more time with all of you. And it just, yeah, it means the absolute world and God love you. But I wanted to, um, instead of talk about myself, my career, my book more, do what I'm actually here to do, um, which is provide pop culture commentary. So I've also been recording my thoughts about the TPD the Tortured Poets Department Society. It Tortured Poets, party of one. I, I Trust me, I get it. Listen, when things happen, I feel like my mouth has to be shut, lock and key. I feel free with a little free verse that I've processed via amateur poetry for a long time. I think many of us do. And I'm excited for what I assume is like if lovers had a post-mortem after the relationship where you were in love with your lover, this is, I hope, like, basically the album Haters. Um, very sexy cover. Sadly, a look I cannot recreate for a tr future track five. Too sultry for me. Remember when Full Scott came out and we were like, ooh, the altars are hips. Dang. I think I am hoping this will be sexy and adult and mature. And, like, we'll just unbutton our folklore cardigans a little bit and slip it over our shoulder and give some serious clavicle like when all those bloggers used to hold those giant mugs next to their face in cozy fall photos yeah i feel like i've seen people refer to this as sexy folklore and like that's i'm on board i'm into it i'm excited um and yeah so i'm gonna talk about that on patreon patreon.com slash be there in five i am on the road and i haven't had time to like upload it and stuff so i'll do that as soon as i can either maybe after my dallas show tonight before boston tomorrow i'm not sure um, and yeah, we just finished show nine of 12 of the tour. Then we have, I have Dallas tonight and Boston tomorrow. And then, um, I'll be home. And I haven't really been home more than two days and three weeks with my five month old babe. He's now six months old. And I didn't even remember what, the, uh, Greg's introducing solids without me. Like I told you, it's a whole thing. I'm going to go home and have to do new student orientation at my own house because I don't know what he eats. I don't know how to feed him. I don't know how you feed a baby. It's going to be interesting. But Greg just was like, don't stress. This is your time to celebrate and enjoy the book. You worked hard. Like, I've got it. 
And so I just let him got it, have it, you know, instead of I didn't micromanage, I just kind of walked away. But it's been harder than I anticipated. And I'm sure if you've been here a while, the childless millennial of it all, you've been here as I was writing and agonizing over the book, how long it took me to get that book deal. Um, I mean, the great irony is me being out here on this book tour I've worked toward for years and years and was enraged against having children because of how frustrated I felt with how it would intersect with my career. And, you know, I'm out here living my career's best life and just like missing my baby. <laughs> like, we planning God lols. Oh, uh, do you think God also lommels? Love of my life's? Um, that's such an amazing slash Ariana Grande coded uh, title of Taylor Swift's tracklist. Anyway, we'll get to it. Okay. So I'm so excited Lex Nika's here. And yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. Catch you on the flip side. While I did just leave Laguna Beach and there you are supposed to feel the rain on your skin, I never wanted to feel the plane on my skin. At this juncture, I'm a human airport. I feel a film on my skin. Like I've been on like 18 flights in three weeks. I don't know what to do with myself. And thank God I went home last week for a day and picked up some of my accoutrements I forgot. Like my Osea body care kit. They're an Andari algae body butter the body scrub, the Andaria Algae Body Oil. And Osea knows that body care matters. And their Andaria Algae Body Butter can help your body have healthier, glowier skin all over, all year long. Can't explain to you how refreshed I feel now that I took a shower <laughs> with my must-haves. The smoothness, the less crepiness, the hydrated nature. Andaria Algae Body Butter is actually buttery, unlike all the fabrics bloggers tell you are buttery. Because these are clinically proven results here, folks. The feel is on greasy. And if you've tried the body oil or the body scrub, you know what I mean with these products. At this point, like a lot of people talk about Osea, but I just need to make sure everybody in my life is like actually using this stuff because you'll never turn back. I'm just generally underwhelmed by most like body products I might get in like a gift set. But this is like the type of skincare you'd buy for your face, but for your body, which is kind of interesting when you think about how much thought we put into skincare, but we're actually talking about our face, right? And I feel like the Andaria seaweed, the ceramides, the, the ability to transform dry, crepey skin into smooth, soft, and supple skin is what OC is doing with their TikTok famous and Kate Kennedy famous um, Andaria algae body butter. It's just not your typical body butter, and it's so good, and it's a habit worth keeping all year round that we shouldn't just be reserving for our faces because body care and skin care is self-care in a sense, and Osea has been making these seaweed-based products for over 27 years that are safe for your skin, safe for the planet, clean, vegan, cruelty-free, climate-neutral certified, and that just enables you to never choose between your values and your best skin. So start the new year, or February, with fresh, clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. And right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code BETHEREIN5 at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OSEAMalibu.com and use code BETHEREIN5 for 10% off. All right, guys, today I have on a fellow pop culture connoisseur and content creator who labels herself as a professional talker, which I love, and we have that in common. I believe she's based in LA and is originally from Canada, if I'm not mistaken. And I found her on the internet basically because I really like her takes. I mean, it's hard to find people whose takes you regular, regularly agree with. And um, she talks all about pop culture and Taylor Swift and the Royals and 
also uniquely as an intersection with sports, which is really cool given like this is Super Bowl week. And yeah, I just thought she'd be a great person to come on this week. You've definitely seen her on Instagram, on TikTok. She's done interviews with, you know, some small town publications like Vogue Business, among other things. Jesus. Um, uh, so please welcome to the Be There in Five podcast, Lex Nico. Thank you. What an intro. Oh my gosh. And you know what's so bad? I realized that I emailed because I was running behind and I was like, I just be be there in five to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm like, I just told Kate <laughs> I was running five minutes late. So you know what's you funny <laughs> is um yeah, whenever people apologize to me for being late, I'm like, listen, I built this is the brand I built my entire career upon because we all deserve like a little wiggle room. Mm-hmm. I know. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. I pride myself on being on time, but with like this virtual <laughs> world, people just want to like talk and things go people over. Just... They're late. I'm like, okay. I'm happy for the you. The thing Let's that like, <sighs> when I think about my corporate life back in the day, like one of my core memories is just like the difficulty of landing a plane and en- ending a conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I know. We're going to find out if we can do it today. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. I'm like the worst at it is a joke. And I know I was going through your TikTok feed and I saw you being like, this message is only for the friends that are on time. And I was like, oh no, maybe we're not going to get along. (laughs) We absolutely will. I know I'm, I'm a Virgo. I'm going to put it out there. I'm very structured. Oh, great. And so I'm like, I'm really structured. It's like on the, you know, cusp of anal, but it's fine. Mm -hmm. And I'm also, okay, I want to be in a place um, where like I know I'm on time or I'm early or whatever. I really don't care. I honestly made that TikTok because I was waiting in my friend's driveway. <laughs> I was like, you I know what? Time. The two times I've been the early friend, I kind of sit there and I'm like, what an interesting world this is. <laughs> like being the person sitting calmly waiting for another. Whereas when you live your life, I call myself a time optimist just because in therapy, I've learned that's, you know, some people literally think they can do it all in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't have bad intentions, but when you're waiting for someone, you're kind of like, shish, like what? Are... And I like, it's interesting to experience the flip side because it sucks to always be the person who has neck sweat when I'm going to drinks with a friend. I hate that's that. Exactly. Yes. So, I mean, now you've seen the other side. It's like, I show up. I walk in flawlessly. There's a glow about me because I'm not flustered and rushed. You know what I mean? But to your point, like I was sitting in my friend's driveway because I knew I was early and I didn't want them to feel flustered or rushed. And I was like, I'm just going to wait until the appropriate time I was supposed to be here. If they don't come out five minutes after that, then I'll send a message. And as a content creator, there's like these very small windows where you feel like making or recording something that you kind of have to just lean into. Just do it. I know. And <laughs> I really, as much as I po- like put out there on the internet, man, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to do this. That's why I always like don't look good. Not that I look bad, but like, you know what I mean? I see all these no. creators sometimes in like full makeup and I'm like, how are you doing this? <laughs> Well, two things. One, Courtney and I were scrolling through earlier and I was like, the hardest part about this job for me would be always looking good because you always have your face in it and you always do look good to me. And two, oh, okay. you might notice I'm wearing a, a, a major strip lash here on a midday yes. Wednesday and I just <laughs> left a morning show. What show? But like, I, It's a what lot show? of makeup wait, wait, for wait. a Wednesday. Um, it was Texas today. Oh my God. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm, literally, I'm not even kidding you. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> 
You have my, love my tablet. <laughs> it's on my desk because like, it just makes me happy. And it's like, I have it next to my crystals. I'm very LA. And it's just like so nostalgic. Vacation boyfriend when. <laughs> I love that. When your publisher's like, you want to write an author's note? And I'm like, yes. And I made you a tabloid about myself. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody asked for it. Nobody needed it. I had to re- kind of self-teach uh, Photoshop. <laughs> and it was worth every every minute it was because every, i every like mark jacobs watch <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> every Ugg boot. it was perfect i'm glad you appreciate it i because the heyday of tabloids is something i talk about in my live show a lot like i genuinely think it's insane that we grew up next to candy dangled in front of children was like so-and-so fresh off of rehab at passages malibu you can see her ribs at Cedars sign. I'm just like, on what planet was like medical bait fair game for the catch of the day for paparazzi? Like, this is so fucked up. And mm-hmm. yeah, part of the whole bit is like, it's crazy how much granularity and scrutiny women were under. And then we grew up and everyone's like, um, love yourself. Why don't you love yourself more? And it's like, well, I Jesus. know, <laughs> isn't it crazy? Like, and I actually think it's crazy. If you think, if I look back to old tabloids, even like, and I'm not trying to like shame anybody, but like how thin the norm was when oh. we were growing up. Like, I can't even understand. And now, like, we obviously have like more body diversity. It's not perfect, but I'm like, it was wildly different to look back and be like, how did I think that that was like normal? And if I had like any poker prong of fat on me, I was like, you're not good enough. I'm like, this is nuts. They shouldn't have been posting that everywhere. I know. I'm like grateful to be older and to look back on some of those tabloids and be like, oh, this was like at the time I thought it like was ideal. But now I'm like, this is gone. This is unhealthy. This is and those women, you know, not to shame them, like you said, but it's like that that's the intense pressure they were under and how they were responding to it. But there was no empathy. There was no nuance. There was no like ounce of discussion about mental health. I think that's another really interesting thing about the millennial plight is like I literally none yeah never came up (laughs) I learned about anxiety in like my 20s yes when I (laughs) I started going to therapy in like my early mid 20s and Kate I'm not even kidding you when I first went to therapy it was still so like taboo I had to lie to my parents about where I was going I gave the therapist because I went another girlfriend had referred me with like her mom and I literally wrote the therapist a check because I didn't want my like dad to see. Yeah. My dad had like got me a credit card to learn credit and finance. And I'm like, I didn't want him to see that. So I like wrote the therapist a check because I was like, oh. I was having panic attacks. And my dad is like a very old Eastern European man. And it's all different now. And we've come such a long way. But like, I think about how taboo it was versus now we're all just out here on the internet. Like, talking about it, which makes me so happy. But it's wild to think about. It's so different. And that's such an interesting story. That was kind of the vibe growing up. The way mental health was spoken about in media specifically, and if you're me or probably you, like you take all your cues from like the mm-hmm. popular culture around you. A hundred percent. And it, all, every representation of mental health was like an undignified or a person that wasn't to be trusted. It was like a beautiful mind, girl interrupted. It, no one was telling you like there's a difference between butterflies and an anxiety disorder. There's a difference between heart attacks and panic attacks. There's, mm-hmm. you know, I say in my book, I should have known I was clinically depressed. I was listening to so much Damien Rice. Like they're, they're cues. <laughs> I know you reflect and you're like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Yeah, You're not a soup in bed. 
<laughs> right. You're from Canada, right? I am. I'm from Toronto, from Drake oh, City, baby. That yes. nude has been repping years upon I was, years. <laughs> I just wanted to verify that that part of my intro was right. That is so, correct. How did you get into like content creation? Because you are a corporate girly, like by day yeah. and professional talker by night, as I believe how you refer to yourself, which I love. Correct. And I mm-hmm. fall into the category too, a person that just has a lot of thoughts and things to say and had another job, but just started putting it out there for kicks. <laughs> um, yes, that is truly what happened. I mean, this goes so far back, but I'll take you. So like I work in tech. I have always, like I've worked at my entire career has pretty much been in tech. It was shortly, briefly in finance worked with a tech portfolio and then moved full over into the tech industry. And so I also have like a coding background um, way, way back in the day, but I had a blog because I loved like tinkering with the code and just figuring it Mm. out. But I would just like post um, like Atlantic Pacific, like, you know, who's... uh, Cupcakes, Cupcakes and, and cashmere. Yes, yes. I would just like repost other people's things that I liked, but then like tinker with the interface of the website on the back end. And then um, I started posting like my own images and stuff because like I was dating a guy and he really was into those, you know, Canon DSLRs. And then somebody oh, yeah. started doing outfit pictures. And people would visit the page when I would post myself or talk about myself, which is really funny. Now that we like look at where the internet and content creation has evolved and like people are like you can be a celebrity in and of yourself. But right. um, so I started posting more about myself and then, you know, my friends, we were all like graduating and some of them went into PR and marketing and they're like, hey, I work for this beauty brand. Would you post about this? Anyway, cut to then Instagram shows up and I was again posting a lot of myself, went into depression. Did you have a blog? We, I had a blog. Yes. What was it called? I'm a little.com because I'm really short and I love tea. So it was like, I'm a little teapot, but like my friends always called me little Alex. Cause I was literally like, I was so short. I'm like five, two, maybe five, one. But, um, so I that's like, that. I was always the little, yeah. It's a little bit Alexis coded. I know it's so a little bit Alexis coded, but, but like 10 years before. I know. <laughs> <It's> amazing. <laughs> I'm a pioneer. You are. I did not like posting about myself. Um, I also got like depressed in 2017 and I had been doing that maybe for like five years, four or five years. And um, I started posting about pop culture because I was like, wait, I like, what do I want to talk about? Like, I don't want to talk about myself. I don't feel good right now. Yeah. So I started Mm -hmm. talking about pop culture, but I started with The Bachelor and I would talk about The Bachelor on Instagram stories when it would like, when the commercials would come on and then it kind of like people blew up like with those takes and I would, it got to the point where it was like, if I didn't watch the show in real time and talk about it, people were DMing me being like, are you not talking about the bachelor tonight? And I was like, wait, Mm -hmm. there's something here and I love this and people love this. So then I started, you know, making like the meme content and then pandemic hit. And I just went full fledged with the pop culture takes because I was like, I have too much to say. And here we are. I love that. And I relate so much to that where like I also started creating content at like a personal rock bottom, which is like funny. <laughs> I wonder if that happens for other people. But the way I think about it is like when you're really struggling, you almost have no choice but to get back to basics. Mm-hmm. And 
It's like, who am I at my core? What do I care about? What could I talk about endlessly, even if the world was falling apart? Correct. Yes. And, and that's how I, I felt. It, that's what's so cool about the internet, like democratizing talent and commentary in that way. And you slowly develop a community that all of a sudden wants to hear from you. And it doesn't matter if it's like a hundred people or a hundred thousand. It like means something to you when you're kind of at an isolating time and you're struggling. Like, I know uh, people talk so much shit about the internet and I know there's a lot of like bullying and nonsense that goes on, but like, it's also a really great supportive place. 99% of the time that really helps people like you and I that are enthusiasts and passionate, but don't have like obvious credentials in a space. (laughs) Yes, of course. To like encourage us to keep going. And I love that. Oh, I think like that's, you're describing exactly how I feel because it's like through that I found like, you know, not even, well, I'm just going to say it, whatever, like a greater sense of self. I became more vulnerable and comfortable in like what I like and dislike. I found community. It helped when I moved to a different country, like obviously moving to LA, I made so many friends because of the community that I had built online, but also because this is like the hub of, you know, the pop culture world and the statistic of, or probability of people like being here and having an interest in that is quite high. So, um, it's been really like for me, a positive journey and a positive experience. I've obviously dealt with the trolls and things like that, especially when I got into the Royals and the Meghan Markles of it all. You're a brave soul, Lex. I mean, I I can't even do it some days. Taylor Swift is getting too hard, which is crazy because that's my bread and butter. Like people go out of their way to misunderstand you and it is nuts. Oh, it is nuts. And the blind loyalty or the blind like disloyalty even is just like the love and the hate being such a fine line, but people being so strong and firm in their conviction. I'm like, how are you spending time doing this? I know. I don't want to judge you, but I'm just like, how are you? Why do you care this much? I talk about this all day and I don't care this much. Okay. That's, that is an outstanding point that I've been thinking about lately, like how some people are like I could not be a bigger like Taylor Swift fan, but I'm also mm-hmm. like a flexible human. Like I'm like I don't lose any and all principles and decency when it comes to talking about a certain person. And yes. like and I'm a Virgo too. I'm disorganized, but I'm like emotionally neurotic. So mm-hmm. it's kind of that I I don't know a lot about astrology, but sometimes I wonder if my obsession with like um finding both sides, middle ground, arguing for nuance, not being black and white is kind of my trying to like be fair across the board. Yes. And um I think that like the way I've seen people turn when I have an unpopular take about Taylor Swift, where yeah, it kind of bleeds into them commenting on your character and stuff, is kind of a little spooky. And I don't self-identify with that level of intensity, but you would think people like us that talk about it do have that level of intensity. Exactly. I don't know if there is a disconnect in people assuming that because we are so in the weeds with this, that like we are thinking about it and feeling about it so intensely or like our parasocial relationship with these people is so high. But I think, you know, the Virgo thing, I think it's, you know, being an adult, rational human being, (laughs) being being an adult, (laughs) being an adult, like you're practical (laughs) and you understand that you know, both things can be true. You understand that we can have a difference of opinion, but life will go on. Taylor will continue to make her billions and it's going to be okay if she don't blindly agree with every single thing that a celebrity or any person does. Like you can be analytical and logical in that sense. And like, that's just it, babe. (laughs) And I even feel like- 
Oh, totally. And I, I even think that I'm, I think it's a normal arc. Like I started out snarkier than I am now because I think it naturally, the more you experience being misunderstood, you like want to go out of your way to not misunderstand oh, people. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I feel like, okay, actually, maybe we should start at Taylor Swift that we might Please. alienate listeners. So you bravely came out in support of Queen Icon Legend Celine Dion. Of course. I'm a Canadian. It is Canadian. my national right, constitutional right. So and I preface this conversation by saying it's both exhausting and interesting to me the granularity of conversations we can have about Taylor Swift. Like even watching Miley at the Grammy, she did things like 12 crazier things than Taylor. No one cares. It's my, she's just being Miley. We yep. love her. Um, bringing back Barbarella, <laughs> you know, know, one teased hairdo at a time. Wild. And, um, but Taylor, there was a few notable things that happened that I want to talk through. One being her announcing album of the year and whatnot. And another being her accepting the award from Celine. And there were, differences of opinion about this. And from what I understand, mm-hmm. Celine kind of surprised everyone. She hasn't been out since announcing she suffers from a chronic illness. And um, she surprised everybody. And even earlier that night, I don't I feel like I saw uh, Taylor singing, like the power of love, like they were honoring Celine in some way, right? Like, I think I could tell she was she a was fan. Like, walking out. She's a fan for sure. I would assume like, Taylor knows every song. To, Taylor's a fan of everybody, which let's give yeah, her that. Yeah. And I also want to preface this whole conversation. Like, I am a full-fledged Swifty. Like, I went to New Jersey from LA for 36 hours to go to the Eras tour with, like, my OG Swifty crew. Like, I am a Swifty. So my opinions here, like, I feel very solid in having them. Yeah. But, like, Taylor is a fan of everybody, which I love about her. She knows every she knows the rap music, the country music, the old music, the new music. She knows it all. So I'm not mm-hmm. surprised that she knows Celine Dion. And I don't I have more thoughts, but please carry on. <laughs> no, well, I, I kind of was like, I remember seeing her sing and I was kind of glad because like I'm such a Celine fan and the power of love song, I'm your lady, you are my man. It was mm-hmm. like playing in some context in the camera panther and she was singing. I was like, yes, I'm glad people are giving this song its due. And then um, when that award was given out, she, it was basically like, was this album of the year? That was album of the year. So what happened was my sister Kelly came up to meet with me the day after the Anaheim show. And, you know, like the thrifty queens we are, we like to BYO snacks to the hotel room. And lo and behold, she came bearing gifts. And by gifts, I mean, she just had a bag full of chomps. Because we're trying to pack that protein in where we can. And I, you just want it to taste good and be easy. I can't bake a chicken breast on the go. I got bigger fish to fry and bigger chicken to not bake. Chomps is a perfect healthy snack for life on the go. And I'm literally on the go now. And I took some with me because... There's zero sugar, up to 12 grams of protein, and chompable flavors. You can take bigger, bolder, and better bites every time. And I just think it's a great example of how healthy snacks can actually taste good. And chomp sticks come in nine delicious, bold flavors, so there's a healthy snack option for everyone. And you can grab a variety pack to satisfy your whole family's taste buds. And I would normally say that's a point on the copy, but my literal family, like Kelly, I just said, hey girl, do you have any thoughts on chomps I can share on this week's pod since you're clearly a fan? She said, I, I she's not paid to do this. She said the turkey beef stick is quite enjoyable and all caps. I love the jalapeno beef stick. 
It's so fresh, easy to pack, and does a great job filling me up. It makes for such a great and easy snack. She's like a walking endorsement. She loves chomps. I do too. But I mean, it has thousands of five-star reviews. Snackers around the world are, have satisfied their hunger cravings with chomps. And you can order online and have them delivered straight to your door, which is great too. Subscribe if you want ongoing savings. I just think I've found out recently that like I'm really not eating enough protein. And when I'm kind of like, why am I always tired? Why do I always fade at 4 p.m.? You know, yeah, my snacking has not all been there, but I've loved snacking on something wholesome and refueling with chomps. And chomps are simply made with natural ingredients you can feel good about. They're filled with the highest quality, sustainably sourced, 100% grass-fed meat. So you can feel good about what you're snacking on. And... Right now, Chomps is offering our listeners 20% off your first order and free shipping when you go to chomps.com slash be there in five. Go to chomps.com slash be there in five to see all the delicious flavors and get 20% off your first order and free shipping. Truly, we're such fans. I, I don't feel like enough women are getting in on meat sticks. Ladies, meat stick yourselves. So what happened was the Grammys teased this like very special and like, wait till the end. There's something super special that's going to happen. It was Celine Dion who came out. She suffers from stiff person syndrome. So she had to like cancel her residency in Vegas early and all of this stuff. So, mm. and she's been, we haven't seen her in like months. So right. um, her coming out was a very big deal to announce this award. And I mean, in my gut, I thought that we were going to get Reputation TV. And I thought that was the big surprise. Like I thought Taylor knew she was winning album of the year. But it was Celine Dion. So that was the big setup. So maybe even they were singing Power oh. of Love or playing it when she walked out because it took her a while because she she's moving slower. Her son was like assisting her to walk out. So maybe they that were was her son. That I didn't even pick Taylor. up on that. Yeah. Okay. Renee. <laughs> oh, his name's Renee too. Okay. So, okay. So it was the last one of the unwell. night. There was a, no, you're not unwell. Like, I know all. Well, I obviously know Renee Senior. I I watched mm -hmm. way too many behind the musics to not be well aware love of <laughs> the love of her life. Um, but I caught snippets of it. I didn't get to see the full thing live, so I was okay. That's helpful context for me. Mm -hmm. So people were expecting something. She had already announced her new album at this point when she yes, won she had for won earlier pop song, maybe for antihero because it was the her 13th okay. win so she like was like right. i have my next al new album not reputation and, and so we also have the context of tokyo last night she said i ba i was either going to if i was lucky enough to win an award i was going to announce it there and otherwise tokyo was my backup plan um which leads me to believe like she, i mean i really don't think you know if you're going to win. And she might have thought that first award was her only award. So she went for it. Yes. And we know that she was so surprised when Red didn't win. It influenced the future of her career because Random Access Memories won and she thought she heard Red. <laughs> Again, I'm unwell too. I'll, I'll, I'll see you're unwell and raise you, Deranged. I'll raise you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, okay. So she went hard for that first announcement. The second one, mm -hmm. people were surprised because she dragged, okay, multiple things happened. She dragged Lana Del Rey up on stage, kind of appeared to ignore Celine, and then gave like her acceptance speech. That's what happened, right? Yes. So what happened was I'll set the scene for you again. Please. That's what I need. She you for. wins. She wins. She stands up. She's freaking out. She does the crazy handshake with Jack Antonoff, where she's dislocating her shoulder <laughs> yes, to hug him. Handshake. 
And then she's like begging and pulling and yanking at Lana to come on stage with her. Lana very clearly like does not want to join her on stage. I also forgot because I blacked everything out once the Celine erasure happened. Like <laughs> Lana was nominated for album of the year and had just lost. And Taylor made her come on the stage with her. <laughs> and so when Two she got on can the stage. True. Yes. Like Lana can have uh, co-written or co-produced Snow on the Beach and collaborated on Midnight's. And Taylor's a girl's girl who was like, come, you're a part yes. of this. That can be true. And it can also be true that as your own artist who kind of has gotten snubbed and not gotten a lot of her due, you know, with those types of credentials, like she was maybe a smidge disappointed in the moment and maybe needed it a minute. (laughs) Yeah, agreed. And this is the other thing. I don't think anything Taylor does is out of malicious intent. Like I genuinely don't. I've never even heard that um, about her like as a person or celebrity. But I think... She is so, and it's, you know, Swifties, fandom, et cetera. Everything is so insular. I think that her self-awareness can sometimes be clouded. You know what I mean? Where it's mm-hmm. like she wants, she doesn't want it to be just about her. She wants it to be about her whole crew. Even when she grabbed the Grammy from Celine without looking at her, she was like talking to her producer. Um, so she was like excited. But I think that it's like, this like inflated sense of self that we've all put her on this pedestal with. It's like, we we're the problem. It's us um, has, you know, left her cloudy a little bit, <laughs> but I'm like, I, I, I have my yeah. limits when it comes to Celine. <laughs> I feel like, um, do you think the pictures backstage were like immediate damage control? Yes. I really, I refuse I have, again, I've been in these streets for so long now. I just, I have so little faith that things are just like happen, you know? I think Tree Pain and people saw that quick response and they were like, let's get this photo. Let's get it out there ASAP. And that is, I I just. To your point, I have no doubt she, who, if you have a pulse, you probably love Celine Dion. Yes. I mean, but the, I know Courtney and I were talking about this earlier and I was like, Because it's a funny balance of like, I think especially women that are public facing deal with this situation where like people need you to react perfectly to things all the time Mm -hmm. or you have like malicious intent or something's off. And that's a really interesting point you made about I think she was hyper focused on the perfect reaction of being inclusive of her collaborators. Yes. That. She maybe by the time she got on stage and dragged everybody up, she had to like take the award and talk and like wasn't thinking like I don't I agree. The optics weren't great. I didn't love it. But I also think that like she is a person that it was almost weird because she so goes out of her way to hype up other artists. We know this about her. Yeah. When NSYNC presented her an award, she like passed out and thanked them profusely. So I think that, yeah, it was almost just disproportionate to not acknowledge Celine, but also it probably wasn't intentional because she was focused on trying to do something else right because the conversation about everything she does is so deeply intense. (laughs) A hundred percent. I think you've hit the nail on the head. And I think for me, like where I get defensive or I get irrational in my thought is it's like, I also love the Backstreet Boys. I love, you know, tons of artists, but I'm like, this is like Celine Dion. She is like so rooted in my culture and my upbringing (laughs) and my heritage. And it's like of all of the times to like make I a know. mistake, whether I mean I'm like, you don't sit there and make it with Celine mother 
fucking Dion. Like, <laughs> and I know I'm being irrational and I'm being hard on our girl, but I'm like, you have to. Like, I have my limits. <laughs> um, okay. Are you into like Celine's discography in terms of like non-single songs? Oh, yes. I mean, I don't okay. know if I can name – like, I had all of her CDs. It's like, you know, at every single – like, uh, if there's, like, a karaoke thing happening in anywhere in Canada, okay, um, <laughs> what is the song that we all sing? <laughs> there were nights um, when the wind was so Yeah, all coming back to me. Yes. It's like, that is the song you, like, end your karaoke night with, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like, it's like – yeah. So many, there's like, there's so many things that are synonymous with Canada and Celine Dion before the Titanic song and, you know, that whole. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, I have this specific Celine song that nobody ever knows that I was obsessed with as a kid. And it's like this weird phase where Celine, like, kind of rapped and it's called Treat Her Like a Lady. <laughs> Oh yes, I what can't remember. What goes around goes. comes around. Go. What goes around comes. <laughs> it's like da da does she don't want to go to school. Da da like another woman, and she's like, uh, it's it's the weirdest Celine song, but it's so but good, it's and so I think good. she she transcends genre in ways she doesn't get enough credit for. <laughs> she truly does. And the one thing about Celine is like when she like hits a note, hits a beat, that woman commits. You know, like oh, totally. she gives her everything. And again, like I will get off my soapbox, but like for Taylor and I know it's her friend and all of those things, Swifties, for her to sit there and, you know, talk about Lana Del Rey and go on and on and on and not even like acknowledge how, you know, the Celine oh. Dion's of the world, like also influenced the people in that room. Like I just, as much as I'm like, personally, I'm upset on a personal level for Celine. Like <laughs> I know that. It, like, this is not the Taylor that we know. Like, she was just – it was not intentional. She was distracted. Yeah. Too many yeah. Chardonnays, maybe. <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel when um, people use their entire speech to talk about another artist? Like, I, I found it very endearing. Remember when Adele won Album of the Year in, it, over Lemonade, was it? Mm -hmm. And she was yes. like, no, no. Like, I relate to that, like, so badly not even wanting people – it's like – she probably are. She knows Lemonade's a masterpiece. We know it's a masterpiece. She probably felt really weird about it and spent the whole time. And I kind of like appreciated that. Yes. But it is interesting to use so much real estate on the mic to celebrate one of your collaborators. And it, there is a fine line of like not patronizing, but yeah. I mean, Lana did just lose, so I don't know. <laughs> and I know, like again, like we know that Taylor. That's not her intent, but you could see like the strain on Lana's face, like. I'm sure that there was a part of her that it felt patronizing, you know? And I think mm -hmm. we all know that's not the intention, but like it just it you could you could sense the discomfort from every from from the weird handoff from Celine to that part. Like it was just I feel bad for Taylor in a way, and I know I'm like, you know, adding to the problem by having an opinion, but it's like it was just a tough spot to be in. Not it was a tough spot to be in. Yeah. And I think that like, I don't know if you ever feel this way, but like there's this almost meta thing that happens where like I provide commentary, but I find a lot of commentary exhausting. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of just want to give your take, for lack of a better word, swiftly, but also not <laughs> contribute to it. And everything she does is a content farm. 
And then even when I talk about it being a content farm, I feel like I'm part of the problem. Yes. But even like the big story right now being like the cease and desist for the cease and desist for the college student that runs that celebrity jet account. Yeah. Um, I'm like, how is this like on CNN? <laughs> because everything I'm telling you, they're probably talking about, does she use one ply, two ply? Does she have a special ply? Like they <laughs> right. would report on anything about Taylor Swift. I had this thought the other day and I forget who I said it to, but I was like, it's wild to me that I know more about like how Travis Kelsey de- dresses for date night with Taylor versus going to the stadium than I do about the current political election and like right. what the polls are saying. And that is not because I don't watch the news. It's like the news is reporting on Taylor and Travis. Like what's happening? I think there was a tear in the space time continuum when the <laughs> CNN ticker talked about Scandaval. And like, it's never been the same. Yes. We went into a different multiverse. <laughs> no, truly, like, I it, I don't, I never know how to feel because Taylor Swift doesn't need my, like, empathy. Like, or, you know, doesn't need my, like, she's fine. Like, I think she, she's fine. She's fine. Um, But I also am like, God, this must be so annoying that your, like, biggest fans are meticulously picking apart everything you do like yeah she kind of created the monster that i feel like just got so much bigger than her and now i assume she just kind of shuts it all out um i mean best evidence by that like one of the best interviews she's done that time woman person of the year when she was like i'm not really worried about the dads brads and chads i was like yes that's okay that's where we are i love this like she's in a really good headspace right now which i really love and like appreciate for and i think to your point it's like she, you know, built the monster and like feeds the monster, the Swifties, all of us, whatever, the CNNs of the world. But I think it also like the cycle continues because I really think she's just like a nice dorky yeah. little girl that loves writing music and is really good at it. Like she's totally. not out here trying to be this person that you all worship. You just like we all just like decide to and she just continues to live her life and like she's not super problematic. Well, I know. And I think about this all the time. I'm like, what is the X factor here? And relative to other artists and like, I do think that they're the key differentiator is you feel like you could realistically be friends with her. Whereas mm-hmm. I wouldn't even allow myself in the same room as Beyonce. I, I'm yes. not worth like, I'm not worthy. Like, I, I just, I idolize and worship her so much or like even Ariana Grande is like so cool that like, why would she want to talk to me? Like, yeah. I, there's this like star power it's kind of like popularity popularity either comes in the form of you know and like everybody and you're popular by way of networking or you're popular by way of status admiration being mean mm-hmm. having money like there there's her taylor so's type of popularity boils down to relatability and, and her confessional songwriting and her ability to make people feel seen. And I think it makes people go that much harder for her because they kind of feel like her friend in a way that I don't feel that way about most artists. They just feel out of reach. Yes. I think that is like, you've hit, like you've said it so well. It is this, it's this very unique relatability. And it is interesting because it does feel like, it feels like you have a shot at that parasocial relationship or friendship or whatever. And then I think to further your point, it's like everything that she writes genuinely, like every lyric, every sentence speaks to somebody's soul, like mind body, you know, it really is. 
she she is like the universal experience in this very famous packaged white woman with red lipstick. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And the fact that like I've been in this game for years with her fandom and like she can still floor me like Mm -hmm. I in my show, I talk about like how I hate that I felt seen by this lyric, but on the podcast, we'll talk about like, Hey, did you guys ever do really embarrassing stuff for male attention or validation? Um, and the answer is like, yes. And also when she just comes out here with this song where she's like, I think about jumping off a very tall something just to see you come running. I'm like, wow. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's tough to admit. You're like, true. I like, I'm obsessed with midnights. I'm like the what if I told you none of it was accidental and the first time oh that God. you saw I'm like, been there, definitely done that, you know? <laughs> that is a Virgo song, if I ever heard one in terms of like, so I'm breezy, I'm a duck on the surface, but meticulously paddling and calculated right. underneath. <laughs> it's my life story. <laughs> Same. Love. Okay, last Taylor Swift cue for you. I did not have an opinion about this because she always does this, but people seem to care that she announced it at the Grammys. But like, I feel like that was appropriate. What is your take? The new album, The Tortured Poets. Yes. I keep wanting to say society. Yes, is everybody department. Thank you. Yes. Um, I think it was. Okay, so I have opinions here because I think it was great because she knew she was on like a global international forum with how this was being televised, et cetera. Um. And it was her 13th Grammy, like that. It was such a Taylor Swift. She had all the weird website changes with the red herring. Everyone thought Rep TV was coming. Like it was so fitting for her to announce it. I think what was so interesting or what took me back was like, I forgot that she wasn't announcing it to a stadium full of Swifties. So whereas if she announced it on a Mm. show, it would have been like a 10 minute screaming ovation. It was kind of like, Okay, cool. Even if she did it at the VMAs or the fucking Kids' yes. Choice Awards, the yes. reaction would have been stronger. Yes. The reaction didn't match what we're typically used to when she shares an announcement like that, but it's because of the space, the room that she was in. And that's like, I think it was fine, but I think like it was, we needed to know. I'm happy she did it. And so. <laughs> so that's a good point, though. It's not that like the general reception was bad, it was that within a room of peers there for a very specific reason, they weren't going to be the hype men and women for, yeah, tortured poets department. And it's not like they're going to be losing their minds like, you know, the audience and Oprah's favorite things back in the day. Like, it's literally your peers. And I think we're so used to seeing on TikTok or being in a concert or blah, 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 like the intense reaction when she says anything from her fans. So... I literally, like, that's no what I had in my head. And I love that you said that. Are you thinking of like the SNL skit about <laughs> Oprah's favorite things? Like she hands you a lumbar pillow and you projectile vomit out of excitement. <laughs> so much of my life yes. revolves around SNL. I also have a Celine SNL association. There's just so much. <laughs> I I have so many comfort SNL videos I watch and like, I don't, I can't explain this, but the way I watch maybe once a week, the, not even the original one with Pete Davidson, but the recent Timothy uh, Chalamet, cling, 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 um, (laughs) him pretending to be a SoundCloud artist is so (laughs) accurate. I'm like, I don't think you guys get that this is acting. Like, yes, he is doing everything. The mannerisms so perfectly. It's kind of, you almost don't even 
he's almost so insufferable as that character. You forget he's acting as that character. And I feel yes. like that sketch is like, given Where does Timmy credit. end and the SoundCloud artist begin? <laughs> yes. And I'm like, are you going method here? Like, did you study and prepare for this? Or like, is this just a little innate to who you are? It's, it feels like the Machine Gun Kelly school of mm-hmm. linguistics, you know? Um, <laughs> I feel like per Timmy, um, I thought it was so interesting. Taylor showed up with a fan. Because of wait. the lip reading saga. Oh my gosh! Wait, where? So at the at Grammys, the Taylor was holding a huge fan, and she was when she was talking to Lana. All the pictures, she's like holding a fan. Oh my and gosh! She, I, I forgot about. That. I assume she did that because of the lip reading saga with yes. Selena. Yes, a hundred percent. And when she was on the field with Travis, she was doing like this. Um, yeah. for certain things. But then I think like there were so many boom mics that it picked up what they were saying anyway. Just so crazy. <laughs> well, and okay, that was funny too, the field thing, because I feel like I could hear what they were saying. She was like, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And yes. it, there were lip readers being like, she said, that's the hottest thing I've ever I was like, oh, you've been reading too much smut. Like we need to take a step back. She's on the field in public. I don't think she was like, that's the hottest thing exactly. I've ever seen. Like everybody <laughs> relax. Stop reading your Akatar books. Like, calm down. <laughs> the lip readers are funny. And even SNL has take, took yeah. on lip reading geniusly with Renee Rapp, which I loved. Um, Lesbian intern but, Renee Rapp. <laughs> yes, was, I've been going absolutely off in interviews lately. So I have, yeah, whatever, two weeks of court-ordered media, media training. training. <laughs> she really is a star. And I want only the best things for her. Me too. I, To be honest, like, I, Jacob Elordi, love you. Great. I would have been so peachy if she hosted and was a musical guest i feel like she would be so funny she would have been so that's a really good point i think i was blinded by the allurity of it all because Mm -hmm. i'm very endeared by that video where he picked up barry's coffee cup and and then hit him on the leg (laughs) yes i don't know why i'm so charmed (laughs) he's super charming i watched this one of the like instagram accounts like posted this just these clips of him and he's like i love my dog i just my dog looks at me i just i love her and there's like all these clips in a sequence and i'm just like he is baby girl (laughs) he really is i know and it's like i also acknowledge i'm part of the problem I'm like analyzing things that my favorite females do. But meanwhile, Jacob Elordi literally picks up a coffee cup and I'm like snailing. I'm like, I'm just like, I'm in love. He's he's a perfect specimen. Like, what's my problem? (laughs) I don't know what it is. Like, again, the way we will just fold. And again, we know we're a part, like we can be self-aware, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to not be a part of the problem. And what's interesting is like, Jacob Elordi is a person that I can kind of fangirl and like get butterfly over, but I I have trouble doing that with Travis Kelsey. And I don't know why, but I'm not a sports girly, which brings me to my next Mm -hmm. topic. You are. Has this past few months been an exciting or kind of unnerving intersection of like the NFL and popular culture for a longtime fan? Um, honestly, for, I don't even, I don't even know if this is like the right word. It's been incredibly validating. It's yeah. like, I you always can be talk about sports. I always like sports are culture. Culture starts with sports. Sports is entertainment from like basketball players walking down the tunnel in their fashion to wag culture to everything. I'm like, it's there. But I feel again that now it's like come to the mainstream forefront that it feels extremely validating to be like, I told y'all this was exciting. Now you're here and you're watching it too. So yay. Right. There's like... 
so I think even the part that I didn't get, because I'm kind of historically not anti-sports, but just that like mm-hmm. sports is sports in it's terms of the game itself has long been seen as a you know respected form of leisure in ways that pop culture fandom or reality tv you know it's like Mm -hmm. guilty pleasure trashy novel it's like these things all get coded but sports never does but to your point i think what i didn't realize is there are elements of sports that are more pop culture adjacent that are fun to consume like the outfits like the wives and girlfriends like the general culture and sponsorships and kind of um, social capital these players mm-hmm. build like celebrity that contributes to their like on field or on court value that I find quite fascinating. Yeah. And even like the tra- current Travis Kelsey edit of him, like wanting to be the rock, I think is really interesting. Um, Cause I thought he was skewing for a stray hand, but the rock is a different ball game. Yeah. And you know what? I could see him do it. Like last year, he also hosted SNL and he like, he's pretty funny him and his brother. They- he was good. They are personalities and they are also being really smart. This is also why I thought at first that Taylor and him were PR. Like I was really on that hill that this was PR and a post Joe world and Matt Healy. But like, I was like him and his brother have entertainment value and they're thinking about, you know, their next chapter after the NFL. Mm -hmm. And they know that like this will raise their value and it will get them connections and da, 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 da. So it's like mutually beneficial. But I still feel that way, even though, you know, they've stood the test of time of what I assumed. And I think that him and his brother do have a strong entertainment value and they have so many options as they like, you know, think about retiring from the NFL and going into their next chapter. Like I could more so see Travis as like a John Cena type, which I guess would mm. be like a rock type, you know, just maybe like a little yeah. bit like farther back in his build of celebrity. But I could totally see that a hundred percent. It's kind of, I mean, smart to be like, oh, there's a, I don't know if this is a right analogy, but like we have a potential like Manning brothers situation where we could play up the brotherhood, play up the, uh, I mean, and I think they are close and whatever, but like it's, and their dynamic is cute. Like I find myself watching New Heights clips and like, I don't, I normally would. Yeah. You're like, how did I get here? (laughs) But yeah, I'm charmed. And I think that like. Yeah, Jason has a big potential career in commentary. Like, I think yes. he he could be a great like pundit type. Um, and I'm interested to see what happens with Travis. I also like the way we're now talking about Joe Alwyn. I'm like, I, I think what's kind of great about Travis is like he has so much of his own thing going on that I don't even think he understands the wrath, like the wrath yeah. and the scope of the Swifties. Where like. If and when this ends, it's not going to bode well for him. But in his mm-hmm. world, if he's performing at his skill, he's fine. Yes. Like, he will but be like, fine. Life will go in on In acting, for him, like, think. in casting, I do think, like, public opinion plays more into your ability to get roles rather than, like, your raw skill set. And, like, I'm, inter- I, I, I'm interest- interested to see, like, with Joe Alwyn how this all shakes out. To me, he's almost like the boyfriend that for a year – it's like you're – friend dating a guy that they so badly want you to like and you finally just cave and you'll tolerate their presence but yeah. you never really got on board and now that they broke up we can finally kind of celebrate i can say it <laughs> i swear to god it feels like he was the boyfriend that your friends all talk about the fact that you settled behind your back i know and then you I break know. up and you're like great like now like then you tell her we thought you were settling oh my god you know <laughs> like, I That's know. how it felt, and, but I also feel bad for him. 
I do too. Okay. So I, there was one creator, I forget on TikTok was being like, you guys, it's not that Travis is a good guy and Joe's a bad guy. It's that Travis is an extrovert and he's like more of a show mm-hmm. pony. And he, yes. and I, as a person who is an introvert and who's married to an introvert, sometimes that does bother me when people kind of unfairly judge based on your ability to like show pony or like be a standout in a conversation or like, you know, whatever. But and I think Joe was more of like, I mean, he literally had the text group, the tortured men's club. Like, I think yes, that's what yeah. the album's a play on with Paul Mezcal. And um, I think he was more of like a serious artsy type that is probably the type of guy I rage against that is like the name five songs type of dude or like yes. he yeah. likes the arts. I'm reading he likes the theater. I don't have a TV. Yeah. <laughs> He okay. doesn't have a TV. Right. Like if he would like spontaneously combust, if I told him I wanted to see Katy Perry, part of me 3D twice in you know yes. 2018 or whatever. Um, he just So I think that Taylor has always dated these kind of like dudes from the UK who are maybe a little stuck up in their taste and she wants to be part of it too and will play mm-hmm. into it. But now she's like, oh, I'm American. I love corny stuff. And I'm going to like <laughs> Exactly. Just double down. And it's kind of a fun era. I think it's so fun. And I love, like, I have a question for you, but I'll finish this point first. Like, Mm -hmm. I love that she's in this era of like, I'm just going to be out with my girlfriends. And I know we saw that a little bit in the reputation era, but that felt very like intentional with the situation that happened. This feels more light and fun. You know, like she doesn't actually care what you're thinking or who she's with or whatever, that she's having wine and she's cheering in the stands. Like, you know, we're kissing in public. She doesn't care about those things. And that's really nice to see. Um, And it makes me like, again, feel like she's in this era of being herself in this tortured poets department is kind of like the culmination of everything with Joe. And that's closing like that chapter. But I want to know, because if I remember, like, and this is also what gets me, didn't, like, nobody had a problem with Joe until they broke up. And then everybody had all of these problems once they saw Taylor, like, being out and about, you know? Like, am I crazy in thinking about that? Okay. So I've had a journey with Joe because at first okay. they were they were so MIA, like, mm-hmm. pictured long lens from afar, like... They were so private. It was almost weird. And then they would emerge when he ha- he had trailers coming out. So yes. I at first thought their relationship was a little weird because there was almost like specific points of leverage. And then they just went dark, like over the pandemic and stuff. And then I just never had an opinion about him. And my biggest thing that I've always talked about on the podcast is like, come on, dude. It's one thing to be a normal civilian boyfriend or husband who's not great in front of the camera, but you're an actor. So if somebody's asking you about your girlfriend, Taylor Swift, it would benefit you to just look alive. But he would shut it down, change the subject, be annoyed. And part of me never knew if that was her team being like, don't ever talk about her because you're only going to be associated with her. Or was he like kind of annoyed and embarrassed to be like, he wasn't being associated with his craft. Yes. It was more about his pop star. It could have gone either way. And I think that I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I was trying to be a respectful fan. And that like, and Miss Americana, she was like, we chose to be private. And that's our, and I was like, yeah, got it. Cool. Like, great. I want to be a person that like listens and respects it. And the way people have turned is kind of funny because I think what I realized in myself is I never really was that into him. I just trusted her taste and judgment. Yes. Okay. Like, this is the right man for her. But I think now we're kind of like, oh, 
the 180 is an amalgam of her castle crumbled overnight. Her reputation's never been worse. Joe liked her for her. Yes. They hit out. And she almost, I, I almost worry that she felt like nobody would like her or love her. And he loved her anyway. But I don't think that's despite her bad reputation. I don't know if he even knew anything. <laughs> yeah. No, this is all think- really, I need this context because I'm like, did everybody have this much of a problem with Joe a year ago? But I no, think to I your point, think it's like everyone trusted went hard her. for Joe. Yeah. But they, people trusted her like in her judgment. I hear what you're saying. And then now that you're seeing her with somebody else, and like I said, it's so much lighter. She looks like so fun and happy. And we're, we're actually seeing this as the public, that perception changes. And you're like, wait, maybe it wasn't her choice or like, you know. She thought that that was the best that she could get at the time because of how she saw her self-worth. And now she's seeing it higher. Right. And I think different – and I think the other interesting narrative too is like different relationships serve you at different points in your life. And someone who's a great boyfriend might not be a great husband. Someone who's Mm -hmm. a great husband might not be a great dad. Like there's different roles people serve. And I think Joe was like a great private relationship in a really challenging time for her that was largely fueled by the media and people that are commenting on her relationships. That was really damaging. And like, I can see how that held value at that time. And I think, and I say this as a person who can be kind of a mirror of who I'm with in a sense of like, I'm flexible where like you can bring out qualities in me that I don't always lead with. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say like, I, ch- you know, like how Brad Pitt always gets the same haircut as, as his girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like <it's> kind of, <laughs> oh my it's God. Kind of like you could be an individual, but have like an ounce of flexibility to you. And I think <laughs> that like she was maybe prioritizing his incentive in, you know, demanding of privacy, but also she had a reason to want it because at the time her reputation had never been worse. Yes. And then she built back her own image to the heiress tour. Like this last year was the year of Taylor. And like, it kind of makes sense that she's to me exceeded strategy. Like I think before her and Tree were very locked down strategic. She talked about in Miss Americana, how you have to constantly reinvent yourself as a woman. You have to have errors. You have to have these personas. But what I kind of love is her just like throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks. Like she's got all the accolades, like yeah. tortured poets. If I understand what the vibe's going to be, it's like a total 180 from Midnight's. And we thought she was like reentering pop girly 1989. But I think the thing is, she's going to keep surprising us by transforming because we all kind of go through phases and eras. And like, I just think that she's doing whatever the hell she wants now. And before it was more calculated. Yeah, that's my I mean, take. And I, I love what she's doing now. I love, I love like yeah. her performances musically. I, I need a break from like I'm happy the Super Bowl is happening because I'm like yeah maybe y'all will go on vacation. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll just get, I need to stop dissecting the mouth, the talking, the outfits. Okay. I'm like I'm so tired. This is my question though. With wear out, do you think we wear out faster because we comment? Or do you think the general public feels what we feel? Because I agree. At a point, I'm like, I don't care. LOL, I just talked about her for 45 minutes. And I I could talk about her for hours, right? But I do hit a point where I'm like, I don't... Like, I saw something that was deep diving her, putting her Grammy on people's heads. And I'm like, I think she had a few drinks and she was just being silly. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) I think we probably wear out more than the gen pop, but I think they are a fast follow behind us. Like, I've gotten a few DMs when I was, like, in the thick of playoffs for the Chiefs where people were DMing me being like, please stop posting, post anything but Taylor. Like, please. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, here (laughs) you Okay, outside of Taylor and... Travis, 
what excites you about this Super Bowl weekend? Because we also have some Niners wags that are yes, delights, talented, Olivia up and coming. Culpo. Yes. Very up and coming. Olivia Culpo. Um, <laughs> so Kristen up and coming, Lisa. that Miss Universe. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Very up and coming, just like Tribeca. Um, <laughs> yes, precisely. In this episode, we talk a bit about mental health and you bet your bottom dollar. That before I went on tour, I made a last-minute appointment with my psychiatrist just to make sure I'm up to date. Because here's the thing. We look up reviews for tacos. We look up reviews for a pedicure. Why not look up reviews for your medical care, for doctors? And this is where ZocDoc comes into play. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, prioritize your health. You can search by location, availability, insurance. So you're literally not having to make any compromises. Because with ZocDoc, you've got all your options in one place to find the right doctor for you. You can find and book tens of thousands of top-tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can go and search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find a doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist or trying to figure out your schedule or if they take your insurance. I have a lot of millennial phone anxiety, and I know you guys do too. And it's huge to me that these doctors have verified reviews from actual real patients. And you can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance or located near you or, you know, based on specialty, which I think is huge because I don't know, you know, like the days of waiting for a referral and stuff. I just like to be able to go where I need to go immediately. And the typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between like 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same day appointments, which I have and I often will do. I genuinely use ZocDoc all the time. I I use it. You should too. I think it's important that we take care of ourselves and get medical care when we need to. And for me, it's a thing that I can avoid and push off and procrastinate. But I find it often has a lot to do with the process, like calling, like seeing if they accept my insurance, like scheduling. And this is a really simple way to make sure you can find the care you need in a place that accepts your insurance in a time frame that works for you and just go and take care of yourself and your medical needs. And I can't speak for all of you, but I'm often quick to dismiss my medical needs. And I just find that making the appointment, setting the date and making myself go is like the most important thing I could be doing for myself. And I want you guys to take care of yourselves too. And if you go to ZocDoc.com slash be there in five and download the ZocDoc app for free, then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc.com slash be there in five. ZocDoc.com slash be there in five. Kristen Yusek is definitely the coolest wag to watch right now. I don't know if you saw this, but she oh, was yeah. the one that made the jacket for Taylor. She makes all of her outfits and she just struck a deal with the NFL to officially license team jerseys and create these designs for female I love that merch, for her. which is incredible. And there was the whole side story of like when Taylor wore her jacket, her husband was like in these internet streets, retweeting, that's my wife, tagging, commenting, posting everywhere. Oh, no. It says recording has stopped. What does that mean? Okay. I think we're good. Yeah. Okay. With you were talking about Kristen, and then you said the next person you're like excited to see slash hear from who? Oh, Usher, Usher. Usher. Okay. Yes. Who could he potentially be bringing out as a guest? Do you so think? some people have like speculated Justin Bieber because Justin just performed at the NHL All-Star Game and he's like back in his happy Justin era. Yeah. Um, and so they could bring him out. I'm trying to think who else like he could, I guess, bring out like a ludicrous or something like that. I don't even know what mm. songs they've done. 
Yeah. Uh, the, the song, yeah. Yes. Take that, yes. rewind it back. Yes. Yes. Oh, he's got to bring out Ludacris. <laughs> right? And you know he's free. <laughs> <laughs> I just did a show in Atlanta and I were, I almost wanted to apologize to the city of Atlanta. Like <laughs> how many like away messages and cringy Facebook albums, like white girls like me in you know, <laughs> central Virginia were like, I don't know, peace up a town down, like down. kill me. <laughs> like it's so embarrassing. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. No, but it happened. Like Usher has so many hits. I just so feel he could like do like, I mean, Alicia Keys, we're not yeah. going to bring out. I hope we're not bringing out P Diddy right now, because um, no. he know, that's like I need a girl. My boo is Alicia Keys. Yeah, has Ludacris and Lil John. I mean, in your perfect world, what song does he open with? Oh my gosh! I didn't tell you to come to this podcast prepared with an Usher set list, and I'm sorry for that. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Like, what's like a crowd pleaser? Like, I feel like he's got to start with like a yeah, but I don't know if yeah is I the know. start. Let me look up Usher songs. This is why Usher's in. I think artists like Usher are interesting because they ha- you almost don't even know how many hits they have. It's almost like Nelly. Like, you're like yeah, yeah, I like him. But if you want, I went to a Nelly concert and my mind was blown by how he scored my entire life. Usher's like songs like, you know, I could see Let It Burn leading or him kind of going starting literally nice and slow like seven o'clock on the dot I'm yeah not, you know what i mean and I then we like get we build much those yes like the you know it's like it's seven o'clock on the dot and then they're like and something yes. explodes and yes. then it's like i'm in the drop top cruising totally. the street, and, like, and then he like goes into another song or something like that um precisely now That's like what i'm hoping for and I think we'll get a confessions interstitial because if we learned anything from Glee, it can be beautifully mashed up. Of course. Um. We need it. We need it. I what think if it I brings definitely... out Bon Jovi and actually does a confessions, <sighs> It's My Life? The 12 I Glee fans of that song mind. around the world. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I listen to the Glee mashup albums all the time. I mean, bump, bump, just when I thought I said all I could say. I mean, it's just like, it's a weird mashup, but it really works. And I, that's Confessions Part 2. I don't even remember what plot Part 1 is, if I'm honest. I know. But. He could come out with, like, um, I feel like you make me want to, he could come oh. out with Caught Up, Caught Up, but I Whoa. just feel like that's not. You make me want to? I forgot yeah, like he even sung that. Out with, like, yeah. I think that was his first song. So do you think that like the majority of NFL viewers like identify mo- so I see Usher like early Usher is like let it burn you make me wanna later Usher which isn't that late but it's like later close to 2010 is like love in this club OMG when I think of Usher I think of early Usher but some people might think that like love in this club is his magnum opus I don't know <laughs> I would think probably yes. Like the the love in this club OMG era, they're probably more familiar with. Whereas I'm I like, like you, I'm like OG. Dun, 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 dun. Like it's a pretty good. Oh, uh, he has melody. so many hits. I have no like. How do you get like? Where's the setlist.fm of this halftime show? I need to prepare. I know because as you brought up songs that I like forgot he even. 
So, I, I mean, know. For, I guess regardless, the point is I'm really excited. And if you had asked me who I thought was going to do halftime, like he wouldn't have come to mind. Same. But I'm really glad we're in this position and people are giving like, not for lack of a better word, like throwback artists their due because he was just this pocket of top 40 R&B that really did a lot for us as a society. <laughs> I know. And you know what? I have to like own this. When he said he was doing a Vegas residency, I was like, what? Like he has like two songs. And then I started seeing clips of it and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Usher has bangers. Like the man has shown Dying up for to go. decades. Yeah. <laughs> for decades. <laughs> You're so right. I agree. <laughs> I also, um, my opinion as of late is that Brittany Mahomes got a stylist. What do you think? I mean, she girl, came out in a tweed two-piece number last week, yeah. and I was like, she is a stylist. I would assume probably yes, now that she is like more paparazzi bait. Um, she's gotten help because they can certainly afford it. I think she probably – she's smart, right? She's seeing the business of WAG culture and probably wants to get in on it because um, it's just good business for her and her husband as a brand. And that girl – you see it in every photo is holding on physically and literally to Taylor for dear life. <laughs> I don't have a, an opinion on Brittany Mahomes. This is just going off of what I'm visibly spat, like consuming. She is always latched up on that girl. <laughs> My favorite hobby as of recently is every man and woman I know that likes sports. I'm like, do you like Brittany Mahomes? And then if they say no, I, I ask them to explain to me why. And I just can never get that clear of an answer other than like vibes. Yeah. Um, in the champagne spring. Jackson. Yes. I, I feel yes. like they realized that wasn't the best to have him in the booth, the suite rather. Mm -hmm. Or at least get him caught on camera. And like, that's the thing. Taylor's been high fiving him. Nobody has a problem with this. Her Swifties are My husband turning a blind eye. Horrified. And the way I don't know enough to be horrified, like now I understand more context, but he like was sent, you know, it's bad when my husband's sending me Taylor Swift videos. I'm like, this has reached a level of yeah. mainstream. I don't even know if I'm comfortable with, frankly. <laughs> but he's just like, Jackson's the, sorry, is that the right person? Jackson. Jackson. Yes. He's like, Jackson's the actual worst. Like he's actually like, uh, yeah. you know, on trial for sexual assault, like what's going on? Cause like I'm out of the sports realm, but he was like very hung up on that. And I gather yeah, a lot of it's people. really, really bad. And that is, I think when those accusations came out, um, Brittany defended him like quite publicly. Like she loves mm. getting invited oh, on that. Twitter and responding to people and stuff, or she did. And so I think those things contributed to her having like a negative, uh, you know, like yeah. what's the word? Like a negative persona in the mainstream media. But I made a video about her and Taylor hanging out the first time. And like people in the comments from Kansas City love her. She does a lot. She started like a female oh, that's good to hear. sports. Um, I think she like funded like a, a female sports team in Kansas City. Um, she does like a lot of charity work. Like people love her. So I was like, I didn't, I'm like, you're teaching me something. I never claimed to have an opinion on her either way. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I don't yeah. know enough to have an opinion other than people seem to feel strongly and I can't ever pinpoint why. Um, but it's, I kind of, I think it's a fun era to see her out and about with other wives and girlfriends. I feel like even though we had the show wags, like they weren't really athletes I, I followed. Um, and it's a fun crossover that I know people want to get conspiratorial about. And I know the NFL has a lot to gain from capturing female viewers and all that. But mm -hmm. I think it's kind of a perfect storm of 
coincidences that happened first and strategy that appeared after to optimize, you know? Correct. Yeah. I think it's genius. I, I mean, I'm obsessed with it. I literally gave a full interview to Vogue Business. I know. About I love it. that interview, by the way. It was so it was so insightful. And I love that they reached out to you to like adequately explain this like perfect intersection of interest happening at like the right time mm-hmm. because it's really it's not like us versus them. It can be like a fun convergence yes. and stuff with like Kristen. And like, I think that's a really interesting example of like, I would, I want to support a designer doing creative things with a, a category that historically really, it's like the women's merch is like, make Terrible. it pink. <laughs> yes. Make it pink. Put some rhinestones on it. Rhinestones. Maybe put the team's name in cursive. And it's a right. V-neck instead of a crew. Great. It's like, okay, <laughs> thanks. Yes, I think it's so cool. And yeah, I feel like I feel like as a in general, we overlook Olivia Culpo because she has really fun TikToks with um Christian's mom. And like I love seeing her game outfits, and she's just like the obje- objectively most beautiful human with otherworldly bone structure that I just like following. I watched her reality show. I think I'm one of like 20 people who did. With I liked her sisters. It. Yes. <laughs> I never watched it, but I should. I've heard it wasn't bad, but it didn't get renewed. But it was on Lifetime, it, right? Oh, it didn't like, get it renewed. Didn't... It was on TLC, which oh, TLC. doesn't really match with like Plathville and stuff. But what was, I think they, they're a production company associated with, associated with them funded it. But I liked it because it gave me a lot of background. Reese Sophia and Braxton Berrios, who we now know as oh. Alex Earl's NFL man. Yeah. I know him as Sophia Culpo's boyfriend. And did you like him as her boyfriend? Was he on the show or did you just hear about he, him? He was on the show and at the at the finale, they were like moving in together. They were like pretty serious. I mean, I don't know. The show doesn't necessarily give Sophia the best edit. Oh, honest. No. Um, and yeah, I didn't really have an opinion other than like he's a cute guy who plays for the Dolphins. Yeah. And he's like, thank you. I'm okay. Thank you. I think it's like turn down service. Um, I don't even understand turn down service if I'm honest. I like You're the like, chocolates, but I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> okay, Thank my you. other topics. So one thing that I kind of am trying to get caught up with still is like, and I think the problem is we don't really know anything. It's like, what the hell is going on with the royal family? So, here, okay, do I understand this. that Prince Charles came, I believe he has prostate cancer, correct? Yes, I can give and you a Harry full And Harry flew for 24 hours? Mm-hmm. Just to see him, which, and then there was a helicopter, like red alarm. I need you to fill me in. Okay. So here's what happened. And there's so many rumors swirling. I need to, like, this is a safe space to speculate. Yes. Respectfully. Yes. Yeah. So Kate went into the hospital for abdominal surgery. She was going to be there for 14 days. That was fine. She went in. A few days after, it was announced that Charles was going in for prostate surgery. When he went in for his surgery, the surgery was fine, but they found um, uh, like it wasn't connected to the prostate, so they said surgery, but they found cancer. I still am unclear. I think it's been a bit blurry of like if it's prostate cancer or if they found cancer during the prostate mm. surgery mm. somewhere else. That I don't have clarity on, but some people have told me that it was prostate cancer. But I and everything that I read from the statement like wasn't clear from the from Buckingham Palace. Much like the so, abdominal surgery, it's like yes, so vague. vague. It's yeah, yes. And so Kate went home 
But then before we heard about Philip's cancer, it was announced that William, so Kate went home, she was taking, uh, stepping away from public duties until May, which is a long time for like a 14 day surgery. They didn't say what it was. Then William stepped away to be by Kate's side because I guess there were complications in her recovery. Vague. Then after William stepped away, like a week and a half later, we get this official statement from Buckingham Palace that Charles had his prostate surgery. That was fine. But somewhere along the line, they found cancer. And then he started treatment as of, I guess, when it was announced Monday. And then Harry flies to the UK, but then leaves after 24 hours. And that's Mm -hmm. where we're at. But now there are British, uh, like Royal Rota reporters, um, or sorry, not the Royal Rota, but there are reporters that are very deep in British Royal News saying that there have actually been issues with Kate, allegedly, more so, and that this Charles cancer isn't as bad Mm. as people are speculating that it is because people are saying, why would they say it publicly if it was like, unless it was really bad? And why would Harry go home? But a lot of people now in the royal reporting area are speculating that that is being used as like a red herring distraction to the fact that Kate's actually in more trouble. But Harry wouldn't pander to that distraction. We don't know. Desperation makes people do crazy things. And I mean, desperation from the royal family. And like, isn't it odd that Harry only went home for 24 hours, but that would make more sense if it was like Kate was something was wrong with Kate and he was just going to show face. Do you think they're at a point where they could call up Harry and be like, yo, Harry, throw us a bone and buy into this story we're planting to save face for somebody else, even though you literally left our family because we plant stories to save face for other people? I think Charles Charles and Harry still are close. They they have both said publicly like they are working on and want to repair their relationship. William and Harry is the harder one. I don't know if that one's hmm. going to solve. But like I would hope all things aside that if somebody was sick, even if it is for 24 hours, even if it is your husband's wife that like hurt your wife, you show up. I agree. Yeah. I love her and it is still I think about like Christmas at Sandringham where like they all four of them walked out united and I was like what could have been what could have been what could if have ego been? didn't get in the way and racism and pedophiles but like you know what could just have been just a few small issues just a few small issues <laughs> I'll probably those keep, and we're uh, back. I think I'll probably keep the what could have been cuz I agree with you that yes. um I think about I think that um, what could have been with that Christmas at Sandringham where Megan wore the questionable brown hat, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it to me is like Tamerica. It's like, yeah, if you hadn't called her a snake and taken it, we could have enjoyed years of this public <laughs> fanfare that was just a delight for most of us, not the trolls. And like when they stepped out at Christmas, that was so exciting. And I've really wanted them to be a fierce foursome. And I know it's never going to happen. And I don't think all women need to get along. And I know brothers have issues. It's just, there was potential. And I think I'll never let go of the potential. Because I feel like we're both narcal apologists go. for the most part, right? Like yes. I, I, yeah. I really understand their plight. And I really think she's maligned. And they act like Harry's listless and she's manipulated. It's just, I don't think it's that. Same. But it's it was so a, easy to make it yeah. her fault. 
Yes. It's so easy to point the finger at her and it's so easy to get very nasty very quickly. Like totally. And the way people, yeah. yeah, to your point about the DMs, I mean, the way people respond to pro Megan oh. content, I mean, it's like, it's really quite fascinating. And um, I, that was kind of my core question for you is like, okay, if the Royals were kind of quite, I mean, that's easy for me to say as an American kind of on the outside. And I know there's like a whole team devoted to the coverage, but mm-hmm. like there could have been stuff going on the past three to five weeks with the Royals. And I like wouldn't have really thought twice about it. And they kind of were MIA or not working, but they kind of chose to say, Kate's having abdominal surgery. Charles has cancer. Like they're releasing these stories that are like so vague. They're not helpful. and They're increasing speculation. Meanwhile, if they had said nothing, I don't know that any of us would be on to them. I know, but that's what's concerning. Like Again, they, they that had to is say where something. my spidey senses, yeah, like yeah. something is wrong, which is why mm. they are addressing this. And mm. I don't know if they planned on addressing Charles. And that's why I thought or think it's with Kate because they announced Kate because whatever happened, like whatever she was going and doing was bad. And it's funny. I know, like, I know for sure Kate was in that hospital because my friend's boyfriend, they live in London, went and had LASIK eye surgery and was like in the same hospital. And there were paparazzi and cameras in there and security. So like she was in there. And whoa. Then we never saw her leave the hospital. We saw William visit her once, but Charles went in for surgery. We got photos of him in the car with Camilla leaving the surgery. We never mm-hmm. got photos of Kate. So that is a problem to me. That is not good. And we still know, haven't do, had do photos of Kate since December. have underground exits? Like, yeah. Oh, we have no photos of her since December. Is that true? No. I'm pretty sure. Oh. I'm pretty sure I'm the last concerned. time we've seen her was uh, right before the holidays. In the royal blue. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm a Kate fan Christmas myself. Christmas Day um, was her last Christmas public Day. appearance. Huh. Okay. And we're not going to, she's not coming back to duties until they said until after Easter, which is the end of April. So May. That's a major break. Can you imagine not being able to like go to a sweet green or like just live? I mean, hell no. (sighs) Everything has to be brought to her. I mean, God. Yeah. I I just, you want to get out now. I just really can't. I actually don't envy or like i feel like it's nuts and people are like they have money therefore you shouldn't feel bad for them i'm like no i don't think this is a fun life yeah no i think, I think there's really a restrictive. level of celebrity that's fun and then i think there's one that like gets too far you know and that level is megan markle in suits getting to go to gifting <laughs> suites and having her kicks yes. on red carpets and being a little <laughs> recognizable and mm-hmm. her thinking royalty would be fun and it's not yes correct I think summed it up perfectly. Gold star. I feel like uh, now I'm worried. I, I know I, I'm worried. I, I'm worried. I'm sorry okay. to like bring that up. We'll have to follow up down. when we know more because it's like, I, it's almost this funny thing where you'd almost think the Royals would be like cream of the crop, best in class with things like PR. But I actually think that there's a dinosaur element of their tactics where they haven't modernized and the public is not as dumb as they once were. Mm-hmm. And there's, we're in the information age. You, you can't give us a little 
and ex- ex- exactly. expect us to accept it and move on. And I almost think they forget sometimes that you give a mouse a cookie, you know? Oh, yeah. They are stuck. Like, uh, archaic is a word that comes to mind, but they are so rooted in tradition that they forget that the rest of the world has evolved around them. And, like, you can't say something without people, like, pulling at the string, you know? So. Right. It's just a different day and age for these peeps. You said something on your Instagram story, and I'll let you go soon, but I just was like, yes, I'm glad you said this. These, This is the type of commentary I need in my life. You were talking about, <laughs> to you know, a- another type of royals in their own right, Charlie D'Amelio and Landon Barker. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm the one breakup. of the only people, I've, I cannot find anybody in my immediate life who watches the D'Amelio show. <laughs> Did you watch that on Hulu? I watched the first season, not the second one. I really struggle with the mom and like Dixie clearly having mental health issues and needing to be out of the spotlight and nobody allowing her to do so. Thank you. I'm glad you picked up on that from season one because season two, it was like, oh my God, these parents are out here. Like, I yeah. almost think of my own parents and like at a point of my success, what would I ever start bankrolling my parents? Would they move as a result into a $15 million mm-hmm. modern in the Hollywood Hills? Like, no, I think they would still be my parents. Like J-Law's parents are still in Kentucky. And yes. like, think about George Clooney's. Um, I don't know why I'm only talking about Kentucky related <laughs> celebrities, know. but there are plenty of celebrities whose families are normal and their kid takes off. Yes. Their kids took off as minors. The D'Amelios actively relocated to LA, left everything behind in Connecticut. And mm-hmm. it's clear the parents live off of the daughter's success. And in season two, Charlie and Dixie are literally breaking down. And the parents are kind of like, rise above it. You still got to work. You still got to work hard. And I'm like, yeah, but you guys live off of them. And this is weird. And they're literal children. They're children. I worry yeah. about them so much. She got I robbed of some complex. of her best years. I have a real complex with like parents, like those types of parents who so clearly it was also Addison Ray's dad for a while <sighs> and mom, remember? Like who so readily they this was their meal ticket to the spotlight and they will not give their kids a break for fear of letting go of the fame and success for themselves. Did I dream that was it not Jack Harlow? Who's the other white rapper who dated Sherry? Oh, um, young, young something. What is his name? I know he, oh my gosh. What is his Did name? Did I dream that? He had this no, song that was went like, to like a, a red carpet and she was in a movie video, right? Music video. Yeah. Young gravy. Young gravy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is young gravy up to? This is real life, Kate. <laughs> well, could that have been legit? I Hell no. <laughs> no way. No way. Okay. Wow. I did not see us getting into Young Gravy. Um, but what I was going to tell you about Charlie and Landon is that I just wanted to thank you for your observation because um, <laughs> it is annoying to feel gaslit as a pop culture fan when everyone says we have so much love for each other. <laughs> and I can't and You're so that. right. What is like, that? I don't know, but I swear I also stand by what I said where it's like whenever the man says we have love for each other, I'm like, so you cheated on her. You cheated on her. Right. Because that is your – that's the Tristan Thompson 101. That is like the scapegoat 101. We have so much love for each other. Then why would you freaking cheat on her? Because that's what happened. I know it. So I think he cheated on her, broke up with her, whatever. I am generalizing. I am well aware. But when the man says we have love for each other, I'm like, you did something wrong. 
Okay. It's my truth. That's <laughs> such a good point. And I didn't even pick up on that. Like, you're right. There In every breakup, there's one person being like, please respect our privacy at this time. Mm-hmm. And that's the guilty party. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I was kind of like, is it just a, a, a colloquialism you say? Because that's what, like, it almost reminds me of Rent the Runway reviews. Everyone <laughs> acts like it's the first time anyone's ever said so many compliments. And I'm like, did you get, I never get I'm yeah. wearing a Cynthia Rowley floral. Like no one, I, maybe You're one like, person you was like, you look in? cute. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, <laughs> I think people maybe have nothing else to say. So they say so many compliments. And I was like, maybe celebrity breakups, they have nothing else to say. But you're right. There is like a, a a suggestion there of like, I need respect because I fucked up and don't want you blowing up my spot. Correct. I feel very, very strongly about it. Lex Nico, you're like Erica drunk in that you're an oracle, <laughs> but just generally existing. Thank you. <laughs> you have all the answers. That was a really good episode of Beverly Hills. Did you watch that? No, I haven't watched it yet. I'm okay. dying to. So you understand my reference? They yes. go out to dinner with these people they call the erudites and who are high society and they talk about like foreign affairs and foreign policy and high art and Erica can engage fully in the discussion, but she's also blackout drunk. Yes. And they, they, yeah. Start calling her like drunk rain man. I feel, I I feel comforted by your extensive knowledge of everything I've asked you. And I appreciate you for that. Trust me. This is something that keeps me awake at night where I'm like, how do I absorb and also like have a genuine desire to absorb all of this information? Like it's not because I'm like, I just like it so much that like, I want to know everything, but then like, I also love having these conversations. So thank you for giving me a platform that's safe. (laughs) I love a fellow curious Virgo that just wants to explore all the facets and at times wildly speculate, but hey, (laughs) but hey, what are you going to do? Everything's alleged (laughs) where everything's alleged. That should be the title of this episode. Um, Where, where can people find you and your content? Oh, all over the internet. So you can go Lex Nico, L-E-X-N-I-K-O. I mean, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Are people still use threads, you know? Yeah. Um, I also have a sub stack. It's monthly right now, but it's just sort of like a culmination of my thoughts, pop culture thoughts. I have one coming out on Friday about Taylor Swift and the Grammys. <sighs> um, so it's just LexNico.substack.com. And that's where I be. Amazing. Substack's yes. a new frontier I hear. I love, again, you probably can tell I have a lot of thoughts. Um, so it's another outlet for me. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to subscribe. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for being on this episode and just rolling with the punches. I just, I wanted to shoot the shit with somebody that cares about the same stuff I do and you beyond understood the assignment. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, thank you. This I've been a longtime fan, longtime listener, first time caller. This is a dream. You're the best. I love oh my gosh. every dialogue that you have when you have solo episodes with people, everything. This is great. I can't wait to finish I your book. Do. I've started oh, it. Oh, thank you. I love that. Thanks, Lex. You're the best. You're okay, the best. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you are new here, Last week's was kind of a cluster, but I liked the episode Sephora the Explorer about 10-year-olds using skincare. And um, if you're a Plathville fan, welcome to Plathville Population Me is a recent favorite. Did some cult deep dives back in December. Who knows? There's lots of stuff in the old back catalog. Have fun trying to dig for a good one. I don't, I don't know if the book brought new people, but 
If it did, I'm so grateful to have you. And the kind of point of this podcast is to explore, you know, my and our range. So sometimes it's hard to pinpoint exactly what the hell I'm talking about, but you'll you'll find some gems if you dig. And I do have an episode guide of my favorite episodes, but I don't think it's been updated for like a good year. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll be sure to do that soon. If you're a Swifty, I promise on patreon.com slash be there in five. As soon as I can, I'm going to post my reaction and response that I've like been recording throughout the week while I've been on the road, hence why I've not gotten my shit together, um, about Tortured Poets Department Society Incorporated. Uh, so yeah, check on Patreon for that, because I know we didn't really cover the track list and stuff in this episode. And yeah, follow me on Instagram at Kate Kennedy at Be There in 5 for the podcast Instagram. Rate and review five stars. It's what you can do to help a a podcaster like me without a network trying to survive in this land of celebrity podcasts. It truly helps more than you know. Share with a friend. Tag me on Instagram. Tag Lex Nico. Thank you to our sponsors, Osea and Chops and ZocDoc for keeping me afloat. And as always, let me know your thoughts and I'll let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear. <laughs>